Hi, and welcome to the 13th Gate. We're your gatekeepers. I'm Kat. I'm Amber. Okay, so it feels like it's been forever since last week. It's been a long while, which is weird because it's the same amount of days. It's just, uh, I guess I've got a little bit of a hold on us this week, huh? Uh, probably. It's been hot out. That's true. It's definitely, I don't know how it is where you guys are, but here it's been pushing 100 almost every day with humidity. Definitely. I'm so over it. Me too. I mean, my hair last week was pretty uh, <laughs> voluminous. Oh, yeah. It was actually kind of It's a lot scary. It's a lot better this week. Um, well, I had my, um, I broke my hair straightener last week and ran out of all of my chemicals. So, um... This week, I, I the new one came in. Yay! And all my chemicals, and my hair had a very, very long, long session. Some very hard chemicals to get it under control. So yeah, but <laughs> girl had some issues this morning. Uh, well, my water heater decided to break, which is only six years old, and decided to literally split down the side and hemorrhage. So, um, I ended up having to rinse all those chemicals out with, uh, basically a cup and a very tiny sink and, uh, ice, ice water. water. So that was a fun morning for me. Uh, that's how my week's been and cats, I guess, is pretty much about the same. Just yeah, we got it. Last, last week after we hung out with you guys, we were in need of a new air conditioner and it got installed on Thursday. And... All was fine until sometime after 5 a.m. on Friday morning when we realized that there were water stains on the ceiling right underneath of where the new unit is in my attic. And we had to call them and they came out on Saturday morning and took out three really big orange Home Depot buckets full of water. And had to fix some things because apparently um, two young men who put it up there... <laughs> they missed a couple steps. Womp womp. Yeah. And the best part about it is it wasn't as bad out that day because that was that Thursday that we had those huge thunderstorms and it was pouring down rain and cooled everything off. When she says cooled everything off, it made it like breathable outside. Don't get it mixed up. It wasn't like good. <laughs> it, it, the weather, I mean, honestly, it went from almost being 100 degrees to being like 80 Still humid and still very oppressive, but breathable. Right. So, you know. Yay for the Northeast. <laughs> yeah. My air conditioning's working now, by the way, thanks to their boss coming out and fixing it. their mistakes. And um, luckily, the ceiling didn't have to be replaced. They just kind of got rid of the stains, I guess you could say, which was interesting in and of itself. My water heater is still not healthy. <laughs> it, it needs uh, to be replaced, which annoys me because it literally was six years old. Yeah. Um. So, you know, that's that's my wonderful luck. But, hey, at least I have a new hair straightener and my hair is under control. So uh, I won some and I lost some and then I lost some more and then I lost some more. So, I mean, at least I won a little something this week. I got cupcakes. Yeah, we got cupcakes. This week was Gatekeeper Noah's birthday. Yeah, a 15. Yeah. Oh, he's getting old. 
That means we're getting old. I refuse this. Mm -mm. I'm going to deny your reality and substitute my own where I'm Benjamin Button in this. I'm going backwards. Good luck with that. You know, I'm trying hard. It's not working, is it? I don't, I don't know. I'll let you guys know, you know. <laughs> well, we'll keep you updated. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm willing to mention to me buttness to happen, you know, just reverse aging. Um, I do have a birthday around the corner, but I, I'm hoping that it doesn't occur with the numbers the way that they're going. I'm hoping we'll go backwards. But, uh, pretty sure the Benjamin Button thing's gonna happen only in her head. Anyway. <laughs> hey, your reality, my reality, it's a reality. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, what really is reality? A substitute my own? It works. Well, I mean, I guess you could. That's what I plan on doing. So that was our week. I mean, hopefully you guys had a good week. Better than ours. I guess it really couldn't be much worse. Uh, I, it could actually possibly and I mean thinking about the, what we're going to talk about today it could be much worse that's true so go ahead Kat why don't you let them in on our topic today while I grab another cupcake <laughs> <laughs> so um, this week is honestly this topic is actually no laughing matter um, tonight we're going to talk to you about polyclass okay so Close your eyes and imagine. I don't know if it's a good idea for you, Amber. You might freak. But, anyway, we'll try. So, close your eyes and imagine you are 12 years old. And you are having a sleepover with your two best friends. Okay. Your mom and younger sibling are asleep across the hall. You guys are giggling and talking and laughing and having a good old 12-year-old time. You know, probably teasing each other about boys. You know, how they have cooties or something. Or, like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, and around 10.30 p.m., all is fine. You're playing, like, maybe, um, I don't know. I don't know for, for some of us. You remember that, that one game with the telephone? And, you know, you, you had to, like, call the cute boy you liked or something on the telephone game or something. Dream phone! There you go. Yeah. So, imagine you're playing Dream Phone, okay? It's not Brad. <laughs> I'm sorry. And he it's like the mall. It's around 10.30, and a large, really scary-looking man breaks into your house. That's not Brad. I played that game. And he's got a knife. And he uses cords from your TV and your lamp and whatever else you can find to tie up your friends and he puts a puts pillowcases over their heads and tells them to count to a thousand. Everything will be fine. He, he's going to take you to show him where all the valuables are and then he's going to leave quietly just count to a thousand. And then he takes you and he leaves the room. He doesn't just leave the room. He picks you up and he carries you and he takes you out the front door and he kidnaps you. This is what happened to 12-year-old Polly Class. Wow. Um, after her friends counted to a thousand, 
they he only tied their hands so they were able to get up and they went and woke up her mom and they searched the root house for her they couldn't find her they called 911 um about 30 minutes after um the kidnapping there was an APB that was put out and all points bulletin was put out about with his the suspect's info um you know it was the the problem was is some I guess there was like a thing in California this is how this happened in um Paloma California I think it's Paloma was it Paloma hold on yeah Petaluma sorry um Petaluma California and I guess out in California there was like some issues with um reporters finding the bandwidth on the radios that the police were using and reporting about things before maybe they should have and alerting suspects to what was going on before they wanted them alerted. So they only broadcast the a the the APB over Sher Sonoma care Oh my goodness, Sonoma County. Sonoma County Sheriff's Channel 1. Um so Later that night, in a rural area of Santa Rosa, about 20 miles north of Petaluma, a babysitter who was on her way home noticed a suspicious vehicle stuck in a ditch on her employer's private driveway. She called the property owner who decided to leave with her daughter driving up that same road past the car. And as she drove down the long driveway to Pythian I don't know, road, the owner passed the person, this man. Uh, his name happened to be Richard Allen Davis. Um, now... She called 911 as soon as she got to a, ser a service station close by and two deputies were dispatched out to the call. These two deputies had no idea about the kidnapping or the suspect's description um, due to Sonoma Valley units being on channel three instead of being um, their deputies being like their sheriffs being on channel three instead of being on um, channel one. So, they ran Davis's driver's license and plate number, but when they did it, something got messed up or something. I don't know if it was in the system or if it was, um, the car, I think, as far as I know, the car wasn't registered to him. And I'm not sure what was going on with his driver's license, but it came back with no wants or warrants. Um, and the deputies tried to convince the property owner to perform a citizen's arrest, because in the state of California, um... A civilian can make an arrest and for the, and you know, for this, he was trespassing. So she, they wanted her to make an arrest for trespassing and it's a misdemeanor. The property owner, all she'd have, would have had to do was drive to the car with the deputies, look at the dude and say, I arrest you. Then the deputies would have taken Davis into custody and the property owner refused to do this. Wait, you, you could just walk up in California and be like, I arrest you to people? As long as they're committing a crime, or I guess on your property, yes. 
Technically oh, speaking. I would be abusing that. I know me. <laughs> That's why you live in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Not <laughs> over there in California. Um, your hair would not like the weather out there. I'm sorry, it wouldn't. It, it just wouldn't. It, it, it doesn't it, like the weather here. It's, it, it doesn't cooperate very many places. It's worse over there. Hmm. I mean, California is nice, and it's really weird weather. Like, it, when I was there in the wintertime, it was like, um, I went to visit for, I was in marching band. Um, don't judge me. Um, I do have pictures, and they are absolutely ridiculous. Then again, I'm glad I left when I did because the uniforms that they got after I left were spandex. Ooh. I'm a chunky girl. I am not thin, so that's not a good look on me. Anyway. I think spandex is a good look on anybody regardless <laughs> of size. I'm just saying, like... <laughs> and also I'm, for you if you happen to be the only person in the world that can rock spandex. But. I'm sorry, but as a high schooler, especially with the whole, like, you can't wear a tank top thing... I do not think it's appropriate for you to put me in a spandex one-piece outfit where you can see the outline of all of my its and bits. Oh, no. But you're not allowed to wear tank tops. Because shoulders. Mm-mm. We were having this conversation last week, I believe, too, about clothing. Or the other day. I don't remember when. Anyway... So, she refused to citizens arrest this suspicious man that was on her property. Whatever. Um, at that time, she didn't know about the kidnapping yet. Nobody over there did. So, I guess you can't really blame her for, you know. Not wanting to get involved, I suppose, or whatever. Right. So the deputies called for a tow truck to get Davis's car out of the ditch where it had gotten stuck, which is why he was there and still there when, you know, they showed up. They searched the car thoroughly before the arrival of the tow truck, but didn't find evidence of anyone else in the car. Oh. The only possible violation was an open container of beer. However, Davis wasn't driving at the time, so the deputies... You know, uh, when the deputy showed up. So, basically, possession of an open container is not illegal in California. So, since he wasn't driving, they really couldn't do anything about that. He was, uh, before he was allowed to leave, though, they did instruct him to pour the beer out. And the deputies filled out what they call a f an FI card, which is a field interrogation card, with all of his information. And they filed it when they got back to... Um, the police station, which for California, I guess, from well, good job there, you know. Yeah, I mean, with the history of some of the some of the ways that things go down in that state, as far as the cops go, I gotta say that was that was a good job for them. I wanna I wanna give them a cookie. Um, so before I go on to the next step, I wanna tell you a little bit about this lovely asshole of a person that, you know decided to kidnap a little girl. So Richard Allen Davis had previous convictions for burglary, assault, and kidnapping. He had been sentenced to 16 years in prison, but managed to get out on parole in a fraction of that time. Um, and the California justice system subsequently received heavy criticism for his release, 
including complaints from three of his past victims who all appeared on ABC's primetime in 1994. Huh. So, asshole's got a history, but none of it, including the part where he was on parole, if you were paying attention, popped up when they ran his license. I mean, I'm dyslexic, so I, there's a chance they might have inverted a number or... Right. Who knows why it happened or what happened or whatever, but nothing popped up when they ran him. So, that was unique. Um, on November 28th, now this happened on October 1st, 1993 is when he kidnaps Polly. So now we're at November 28th of 1993. The property owner who we were previously talking about was inspecting her property after some loggers had partially cleared um, her property of trees. And she discovered some items that made her think that they might have been matched those used in the kidnapping. So at this point, because, you know, from October 1st to November 28th, 1993... This abduction was all over the news. It went everywhere. It was national news. It was all over the place. Parents, you know, are pleading for their child's safe return. Everything. Um, so, obviously, a description of what she was wearing and, you know, everything like that was put out in these, in these newscasts. So, she called the, the property owner, finds these things, so she calls the sheriff's department to report the discovery. Deputies and crime scene investigators came out, and uh, one of the items that was found was a torn pair of ballet leggings, which matched was matched by the FBI's crime lab to another part of the leggings that were taken as evidence on the night of the kidnapping. So, I guess when he was trying to take her out of the house, they tore and, like, got left wherever and they found the piece luckily and they were able to match that back to um what they found out in the out in this lady's property and that's crazy like after all that time they did not deteriorate yeah i mean i've had cheap leggings before and i'm gonna take guess, much to i'm gonna guess they were because sure. you know ballet leggings i'm gonna guess that they might have actually been the really good ones uh, you know what, maybe, I mean, there are some cheap ones out there that do not take much to damage. Um, so, a review of calls in the area on the day of the kidnapping turned up that contact, um, with Richard Allen Davis. So that night that he got his car stuck in that ditch and the lady called the cops and everything. Um, that was the FI card that, um, the field interrogation card that they filed. They were, and this is why I would love to give them several cookies, because they filled that card out and filed it. So they were able to look up on that night that he was out there in that area and had interaction with the police. And that's really fucking odd, you know? Like, what are you doing out here randomly? You're stuck. Okay, fine. You're on a private driveway, though, but what's up? Well, it makes you wonder how he knew that driveway, though. I mean, I, I lived in areas that were rather rural before, and 
uh, private driveways tend to be right. You know, odd places for random people to just go. Absolutely. Um. So because they were able to get his identity, they were able to look him up better in the system and find that he actually had a record and all that, which means that his fingerprints and everything were on file. So they were able to um, take his fingerprints and his palm print and match it to a partial palm print that was found left at the scene of the kidnapping. Huh. Um, and before this, authority the, the authorities hadn't been able to match the partial print at the crime scene earlier because of the poor quality of the print. So it was like a partial print. It wasn't perfect. So he literally just kept getting lucky across the board and... Until, like, you know... Literally his luck ran out. Pretty much, I'm going to say. So... Sonoma County authorities and the FBI launched a search um, of, of this woman's property where the stuff had been found during a heavy rain. They did it during a heavy rainstorm. They're like, we've waited long enough. It's like now the end of November. We need to get this done. Um, that's when, so they started a search. The first two days of the search were really low key. Um, they made them as low key as possible because... Oh, excuse me. Davis was under surveillance at an Indian ranchera near Ukiah, California. Um, and they were basically trying to find... I guess they were trying to make sure they had enough evidence or all the evidence. And that he, while they were searching for it, he didn't notice and take off. Which is right. understandable for um, me. So, when nothing was found during the initial search after like what the lady had already found... And they, he, they had him under surveillance, so then that provided nothing. The decision was made to arrest him for the kidnapping of Polly Class. So then there was a massive 500-person, um, um, about, I think it was 24 different um, like field offices, like FBI and police over California. Um, so like 500 people search continued until December 4th. And they still didn't find any other, like, evidence. Or, no, the, the search produced other evidence. Um, I You know, I guess clothes or, like, maybe some, like, I guess hair. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure it didn't, I couldn't, it didn't say what they found. But still no body. Um, so this is, like, two, three months later. So it's six, two months later. The search was supposed to continue until December 5th, but on the evening of December 4th, Richard Allen Davis confessed to the kidnapping and murder of Polly Class, and he led the investigators to her body. Um, he had buried her in a shallow grave just off Highway 101, about a mile south of the city limits of Cloverdale, California, and um, the grave site's about... 30 miles by road from the search site. So, like, he, you know, I guess left her leggings and whatever else was around that area. He left them there when he went back for her body and then moved her body. 
Um, <clears throat> so although he admitted to strangling her, he strangled. So, so basically this poor little girl is kidnapped out of her house, you know, during like what should have been a really fun night for her. And he took her and he strangled her to death on the side of a road in the woods in the dark. That poor baby. Um, he refused to give investigators a timeline of the events of that night. Um, so investigators, pretty much what, what the investigators assumed or, oh yeah, we're going to go with assumed because whatever, that's basically what they're doing is making an assumption. Um, they assumed that he was fearful that both the people, the babysitter and the homeowner that passed him on the road would call the sheriff's department. Now he claimed that, um, because I think in one thing that I read and in one of the podcasts that I heard a this story in, um, said that, uh, either I think the babysitter stopped to ask him what he was doing there or like, like if he was lost or whatever. And he told and she, and, and she was like, this is private property. Like this is a private road. And he argued with her apparently from what I was, I, I remember. And basically indicated that he had no idea that that was a private road. Hmm. So I'm guessing maybe he turned up it, not 100% sure where he was going and found it by accident. I'm you not know how sure. I feel about coincidence. Right. I mean, it might not have been a coincidence kind of thing. It might have just been he was driving around, obviously in an open container of beer, so he was drinking. And he might have just kind of, I'm panicking, I'm in the dark, I've got beer, I'm probably drunk. Or hi, and I'm panicking, and I think I need to turn here. I don't remember where I'm at. Like, who knows? Like, I, I don't I don't know what kind of person he was or how good he was with direction. I get lost all the time. Um, although I guess it would be his downfall that he did that. Um, so I guess that's where the coincidence part comes in. I mean, I guess regardless of how you cut it, what he did was... Completely messed up. I mean, you know. It was disgusting. It was uncalled for. I mean, he didn't even he, steal anything from their house either. Like, as far as I'm, I'm, I can tell. Like, you traumatized these two little girls to death. You know, like, that had to affect them for the rest of their life. Oh my god, I would never be able to go to another sleepover again, let alone, like, be alone in my house. I was gonna night. say, even alone at night, I, I think I would have major issues with any creep, any noise, anything, I think I would be absolutely paranoid. But not only did you do this, then I'm sure they probably have some guilt. Like, you took our friend and our friend never came back. Right. Like. But you also. I mean, and and can you imagine the survivor's guilt? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, these poor little kids have to deal with this the rest of their life. The mother, the sibling, like. I mean, what do you think the worst thing's going to happen when your kid has a sleepover? You think, oh my god, these kids are going to be hyper on, like, candy and junk food They're and gonna screaming keep me all night. Well, um, and we'll talk about when we'll finish up with this part, and I will talk to you about where mom was when this went down. Because, as a parent myself, and as someone who has raised children yourself, at least yeah. to a degree... I know in the back of your mind you're going, why the fuck didn't this bitch wake up? And I will explain that. I mean, I, I know, I know, I, I've watched more kids in my life than I can ever tell you. And I'm one of those people where 
I know where they are. I know what they're doing. And, you know, when kids get quiet, you get a little nervous. Right. But at, at 12 years old, I mean, you, what do you think was really going to happen? Oh, my God. They're going to have a ton of junk food. They're going to be up all night. They're going to be giggling up a storm. Nobody's going to sleep. But that's part of being 12 and having fun in a sleepover. Right. Like, those things are to be expected. Never in a million years do you think, like, somebody's going to come into your home and take your child. Absolutely. Um, but then how do you even, like... I mean, obviously, you have to get in touch with the parents of the children that are in your care. I, I couldn't even... I'm, I'm, I'm going to say the cops probably handled calling them, their parents and said, I mean, you know, we're going to need you to come. Your children are witnesses to a crime, so... But could you, I mean, at some point, you're going to have to talk to them or they're going to have to talk to you. Like, I couldn't even imagine what that would be like. I can't either. I mean, they obviously know, like, you know, you didn't do anything wrong, but for the same token, I think as a parent, like, I would be like, I I did, though, like, I didn't protect my children and yours, you put them in my care. Like, I I think as a mother, I would have been devastated thinking, like, I screwed up. I I don't, I don't know. I don't think that, the victims uh, that go down in these stories, I mean, it's horrible and heartbreaking for them, but I also would think about the people that survived and what their life must look like from then on out. I mean, how do you look these women in the eye and say, like, listen, I'm really, like, your children are traumatized forever, but I lost my child, like... I mean, to be honest, at that point, even if they are angry for... I mean, honestly, she didn't put, like, she didn't put them in danger. The front door was locked. The house was locked up for the night. It is one of those things where you think, you, you know, I mean, everybody does it. That'll never happen to me. That'll have, you know, that'll never happen in my house. So, I mean, in any case, um, I mean, and you've, we, we, we've heard of a case, um, that we're going to talk about on another podcast that, um, we know the mother is going through this exact thing. Like she's guilting herself and it's not her fault. I mean, it's not the exact thing. Like her child is safe. Yes. Her child is safe. Um, you know, but with the events that took place for the, you know, for this family, you know, she feels guilty and she feels like she didn't protect her child. And how There's do you, literally nothing she could have done differently. Right. I mean, how she do you is protect your person, but she has such immense guilt in her heart that she should have or could have, or maybe if she'd have done in, something like, intuition wise, I think she feels like maybe she should have realized and, and I, I mean, yeah, every, all parents have intuition, but you know what? You're human. Absolutely. Mistakes happen. You look away for a second. Something goes down. Like, I get it. I full hardly get it. But unfortunately, we live in such a society where, like, so many people judge for such little things. Like, something oh, yeah. big like this happening. I can't imagine what some people I mean, must and, have thought. And there are, there are cases where there are things that involve children and... The parents absolutely do need to be judged. Oh, absolutely. And there, you know, I mean, there are cases. There's a couple of them that, there's one that actually inspired me to want to talk about this case, even though um, I already planned on it at some point, but it inspired me because it was, uh, I listened to um, the Today in True Crime with from by Parcast. And it tells you, like, a true crime event that happened each day. Each day. 
and there was a mother whose daughter was kidnapped and murdered and when talking to the police about it because she was kidnapped right out of her own house like just like this case but when talking to the police about it this woman turned around and told the police oh i leave my door unlocked because my mom has free reign to come over whenever she wants to and i want her to be able to feel welcome so i never lock my door and my four-year-old because this was a four-year-old child Sometimes my four-year-old just walks out the front door and goes and plays outside wherever she wants to. Mm. I'm sorry. I've got a major issue with that. I mean... She's four. Not far from where we live. You know, there was a case of a young girl who was out playing. Um, She was approximately, from what I remember, between eight and ten. Playing with kids in the neighborhood. Right. When all the kids got called in for dinner, her mom noticed um, she's not here. Where is she? She doesn't, like, normally go missing. So, it was a very tight-knit apartment complex with a lot of children in it. And, you know, when they were going and talking to each neighbor and each child, they were to put little pieces together here from their little things that people remembered from that Mm. afternoon. Right. But it was literally one thing that the one woman said in passing that didn't mean anything to anybody else, but one of the officers noted something about it. And went, wait a minute. What did you just say? Turns out she was taken by somebody in the apartment complex. Unfortunately was murdered. And discarded with, um, basically carpeting. Like, old carpeting. And, so, um, yeah, he, like, they, they wrapped her in the carpeting because, and because she was a child. She was small enough to fit inside the roll and not really be noticed. And they were putting them in the dumpster. And... <clears throat> It was, the neighborhood said, was basically complaining, like, you know, well, I didn't see her, and I probably should have, because, you know, I was in and out of my house several times, you know, but I I ended up getting tied up because he's redoing his floors again. And the cop said, well, what do you mean? And she goes, I don't know. I was like, he's, he's, he's always repainting, always redoing something. He just got new carpeting a few, you know, <coughs> like two years ago. Here he's ripping it out again. I mean, this is getting ridiculous. He then he fills up the dumpsters and like she was just kind of complaining about it. And she's like, but no, I didn't really see her. And that's when the officer found that suspicious. And they went over and they started looking through everything and unfortunately found her. But had the woman not said, he's always. So does that make you, like, I mean, honestly, and this is just me, but does that make you wonder, did he do that to another child two years before that? I mean, that's where my mind goes. <clears throat> She's saying he's always doing stuff. He's very considerate. I don't understand why he needed new flooring. Mm. He just got new flooring. Wow. And to the officer that was saying, well, who replaces their carpet, like, back to back like that? Like, carpeting's not cheap. No, it's not. I and mean, trust me, I'm, I'm finding that out with, uh, the crap we're going through with the insurance and having to replace ours from my pipes needing to be fixed. But, you know, <coughs> it's, it, had she not mentioned what she thought was just... Yeah. Minor detail, because she just said, basically, you know, I... You know, I was outside longer than I should have been. If she was around, I would have seen her. But unfortunately, I got tied up behind him having to deal with him putting this endless amount of carpeting in the dumpster. He fills it up all the time. I don't understand why he's replacing. He just got new carpeting like two years ago. This is ridiculous. Then we can't put our stuff in the dumpster. She's like, so I was out there arguing with him waiting forever to get, you know, to where I needed to be. 
But that what How seemed you... like a minute detail and just yeah. something unrelated. So, officer. Go How ahead. do you think she felt when she found out that while she stood there arguing with him, that little girl's body was wrapped up in the carpet that he had just literally thrown away? I can't imagine. I would be horrified. I, I can't even imagine. But to know that your daughter was getting thrown away and making dinner for her. Right. Just... Like, apartment I mean, down, like... Part of why this case kind of, like, got to me a little bit was, is because I have a 12-year-old. I mean, she's 12 and, like, three quarters. In a few months, she'll be 13, but... Yeah, I, but you have a 12-year-old that's a 30-year-old. Like. I do. I really do. And she's she's taller than me, so, I mean, honestly, sometimes, if you really look at us, I don't know if you think she's the 12-year-old or if I'm the 12-year-old. <laughs> well, you, you do look very young. Yeah, I get that a lot. (laughs) But, I mean, she doesn't have the mentality of a normal 12-year-old. I know she doesn't. She's, like, really, like, a 30-year-old in a 12-year-old's body, which is hilarious to me. Yeah, no, I mean, and her fight-or-flight response, let me tell you what, okay? So, (laughs) and, and of course, Noah's over here cracking up. Yup. Because he's listening. So, (laughs) what happened was... (laughs) Oh, Lord. The one night, I come out of my room. Now, we like to kind of scare each other every once in a while. It keeps us healthy. It keeps us young. So, I came out of my room. I was getting ready for bed, and I had to go to the bathroom, so I was in the bathroom. And Noah decided that he wanted to scare me, so he went and he stood in the den. And, like, just... Like, pretty much right there where it was dark. So, like, when I came through the living room and went into the den to go to my Let room. Let me out. I'm stuck in your pocket. Sorry. Notification. Forgot that was on. Um, yeah, that's how often I get notifications, by the way, guys. It's been 38 minutes and nothing. <laughs> so, anyway. So, Noah's waiting to scare me. Now, I decided that when I came out of the bathroom, I was hungry. So I didn't go straight to my room. I came into the kitchen. Chloe, on the other hand, and I don't know what... No, I was still in the bathroom, I think. I'd been in the kitchen. Do you remember what I was doing? went to the kitchen and then to the bathroom. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I went to the kitchen and then I went to the bathroom. And I literally opened them. And I guess Chloe went looking for me. And she went... She would she blow was, the dogs in. Okay, so she was letting the dogs in. See, I can't remember. Like, wow. I'm One backwards. So... She's standing over at the back door. I literally opened the bathroom, and she's got... What did she have in her hand? Um, Baseball bat? No. It was a broomstick. Broomstick or something. Oh, okay. Some type of stick. She's got, like... Yeah, like a broomstick or... She's got, like, a broom or something in her hand. So she's got a weapon. And she looks over and looks into the den, and she kind of sees something, but she's not sure, and she looks away for a minute... She's thinking about it, and then she turns around and looks, and then she literally saw the outline of Noah. <laughs> this little girl, well, little is not, I mean, she's taller than me. She's like, what, 5'4 at this point, I guess? Five, Something four, like that. Five, she's five. like 5'3, five, 5'4 five, during the story. Oh, during this, the story, she's like 5'2, because I'm only like 5'4. Okay, so she's like 5'2. She literally takes off from the back door with this thing in her hand. Eyes closed going and at the time she had a baby gate in her door to keep the dogs out of her room because they would eat stuff bella would eat your stuffed animals sometimes 
So she literally did a running, she drops this, whatever was in her hand, and does a flying, like, you know, like those runners who jump over the hurdles. hurdles. She hurdle jumps the baby gate, eyes closed the whole time. And you have to remember, she's going, like, Usain Bolt's speed times two while doing this. Oh, yes. Dives onto her bed. Pulls her blankets over her head. Yeah, she pulled something over her head. Okay, <laughs> I'm in the bathroom, and I'm going. She's what is also going? Screeching at the top oh, yeah. of her lungs. I'm like, what just happened? She was going, pop, pop, pop. I think at some point she yelled, "Person." So I come around. Noah's come as Noah's coming out of the den, hysterical. And I find out what happens, and I'm hysterical, and I don't know, did I call you and tell you about it? Yes. I think I called you at work. And, and like, I'm like, I can't. I can't. I can't. You weren't even, like, breathing. Like, her? You were just, like, laughing. <laughs> it took a good, like, solid few minutes before you're like, Chloe, Chloe, Chloe jumped. And she, and, and, and she got scared. And I was like, she jumped over what? Like, what do you mean she jumped? What? She jumped from where? And you're like... From the floor into the air. I was like, for what? No, over, and then onto her bed. I'm like, all right, back up. Back the story up. And you're like, Noah did it. And I was like, well, you said Chloe jumped. Like, back it up. Back it up further. <laughs> so that's when you told me the whole story. And I was like, oh, this poor child. <laughs> so, so if anything ever happens to my child, she out. <laughs> hey, that's not fair. But, uh, she's like, this really? light, though. I'll she, tell you though, you want to see this child move? Put a cricket on the ground. I'm telling you, she can levitate like nobody's business. Yeah. <laughs> like if if it seriously even looks like a bug, she's gone. She's out. Oh no, she's You're been on doing, your own. She's been doing so much. She's been doing better. She's actually putting cups over top of them now. I'm proud of you. I put a cup over top and I wait for somebody else. Not one of the centipede though. She will run from centipedes. I know. That's too many legs. I get it. It's my favorite. It's my, one of my favorite creatures, honestly. <laughs> Oh, but you... Okay, okay, okay. All right, all right. Enough story time, because we... I still have to finish everything. <laughs> we ain't finished. But, uh, no, no. Getting back on topic, though, like, <sighs> you know, everybody's got a fight or flight, you know? And they I do. mean, your daughter, like I said, is she's more like a 30-year-old in a 12-year-old's body. Love her to pieces over here. But she's not... Hey, well, that's she, a compliment. We're just saying you're very adult you're, you're not. You're not an immature little child, you know? What? You have a lot yes. of like. You just call me a third year old in a twelve year old's body. Yes, that's a compliment because you're We're not like, immature like a bunch of little kids. Like you think things through, unless it, you're running from Noah. But but you just said I'm a third thirty. 30. Oh, thirty. I just realized why. She's also blonde. I am very 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 blonde. I get it from my father. Yeah, you do. <laughs> 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 no, you think things through. You're you're a lot more um, mature. You know, mature than a lot of people your age. Unless it comes to running. Yeah, well. Well, you know, when you're scared, that's a completely different situation. <laughs> so I think like you would handle things a lot differently than a lot of kids your age if you were to get into a situation where you were in trouble. Yeah, I scream. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Anyway. Moving on from you, because um, I still got a bunch to tell you guys. Um, so back to Polly. Now, Polly class with mom, because I, I think dad was away on a business trip, if I'm not mistaken. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't home. He was away. He might have been at work. I'm not sure what was going on. Um, but Polly's mom, was, and she had a younger sibling that was, like, toddler-aged. Okay. Um, so that's why 
That one didn't wake up. Oh, this is going to be cold. Um, so Polly's mom, the reason she didn't wake up was she had a migraine. Okay. Suffered from, you know, migraines. She had medication that was prescribed to her that pretty much made her, like, fall asleep. I understand that. So, she had taken a pill before she went to bed because, well, you know, migraine. <laughs> Kids, like, sleep it off. Figured, you know, the 12-year-olds would be fine. They didn't have school or anything the next day. Like, it was what it was. Um, unfortunately, I bet you she never takes another one of those pills again. I mean, I get um, it as somebody that suffers from migraines when they hit and they hit bad. If you're... Yeah, you're, you're out of it. Oh yeah. With without a medication, you're not capable of doing much. I can lift my head off a pillow sometimes. I think even breathing's a problem at that point. It, it really you. If you've never had one, you were honestly taken out of commission. There's not really much you can do. It, it, everything in your body hurts. You're very light and sound sensitive. It's almost like having like those symptoms that you get with the flu where. You just can't function. Right. It's that kind of headache. Where you light, sound, everything irritates you. You're nauseous. You're just throbbing. All you want to do is just sleep in the nice, cold, darkest place you can find. I had like one a of those. cave. I had one of those on Monday and had to go to work. I had my first one in the beginning of ninth grade. They're horrible. They're absolutely horrible. I mean, I get them all the time. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's just because I want everybody to be aware, like, why, because, I mean, I know that was one of the questions throughout the story that I was asking, like, where the fuck was her mom? Because I know, like, I hear weird noises in my house, and I wake up and go investigate, you know? So, it was kind of like one of those where it was like, all right, I want to know where mom was. I want to know where parents were, like, what was going on. I need to know. You know, I, it's not to pass judgment, it's just to have all the facts. I need to know where was everybody that was supposed to be in this house. Well, I mean, because you never know who's really involved with things. I mean, Right. I mean, there's a lot of times where kidnappings are family involved. Absolutely. So, you know, it's a thing. Um, so, back to this axe hat. Um, so, basically, the authorities believed that he... Killed Polly before the arrival of the deputies and hid her body in the thick brush on the side on the hillside above where his car was stuck, and that he waited for an undetermined period of time after being escorted back to Highway 12 when his car was pulled out of the ditch by the tow truck, which is about 1.5 miles from where his car had been stuck, was Highway 12. And then he drove back sometime after all of that to retrieve her body. Um, when the cops had arrived, some, some of the things that they noted, um, in this field report thinking the, the card was that he was reportedly out of breath, sweating profusely, despite it being a cool night and had twigs and leaves in his hair when he was contacted, when, when the deputies showed up. And none of that seemed weird to them? I guess it must have, but I mean, if, you know, I mean, it might've been like, him trying they might have assumed it was him trying to get his car out Maybe. i don't i don't know i guess i'd have to see the location to really understand it because he was stuck in a ditch so i mean i don't know and apparently like they hadn't heard about the kidnapping at that point they had no idea that there was a kidnapping anywhere near at that point 
So they have no reason to be too suspectful of him or anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also believed that he had chosen the grave site in advance since it would not have been discovered by a casual observer. The grave site would be directly visible from Highway 101, just not the grave itself. And because of where he was staying, he had to drive past the location on his way to his parole appointments every day. So he would have noticed if there was any police activity in the area. Or, like, you know, and if there was anything going on with the police at that point. Um, so... I mean, in some ways, that makes it even worse. Like... It really does, because it's like, if he did plan it... Not that, only that, could, that seems like it has to have been planned. Right. You realize, I mean, think about it. Can you definitively, me asking you right now, the overpass before work. Okay. Think about it. What can you see if you look to the right and look to the left? How far can you see? What exactly do you see? Like, I guarantee you can't pinpoint it and tell me exactly what you see. Uh, well, if we're on our, if we're, if we're literally on our way to work... On my right-hand side is the man-made lake, which is some kind of recycling, something to do with recycling through um, a certain company that I'm not going to name because it'll tell people where kind of exactly we are um, as far as work. No, I'm talking about the last one before work. Yeah. When you get to that light, make a right. The light. Are you talking about underneath the overpass? Because I don't go underneath, I go over top. I don't come from Marsville. I come from Overtop. Okay, well, you so, take the last overpass. I go under it. Right. You go over top of it. That's what I'm saying. When you Before you take the ramp, you're on a little bit of the overpass. Can you tell me what's on both sides of that overpass? If I'm going up onto the overpass? Yes. Um, my On my left? I mean, you know what's there, but can you definitively tell me... How much open property there is, how many trees. Like, you would really have to stand there and over, like, really think well, about it. On my left, no, because I have never actually been over there. I don't play over there because that's where tires go pop. Um, and we don't need none of that because tires are expensive. Um, to my right is the road, the U turn, the electrical crap, the railroad tracks. And then beyond that, you're getting into a patch of woods, I believe, and then more um, industrial complex. Okay. But so you can't definitively tell me, like, inch by inch, tree by tree, what you can see. Like, you know, like you'd literally have to stop and go there and be like, to definitively pick right. out a grave site. That's oh, what absolutely. I'm trying to say. So this has to be, in some, like, ways premeditated. Like, you know what I mean? For him to know what he can see... Absolutely. I mean, I don't know if that's what he said he could see or why. Because he, he wouldn't tell them. Like he, like I said, he wouldn't talk to them. He wouldn't give them a play-by-play of any of it and why he did it or why he picked the spots that he picked or whatever. He just, this is all assumption on their part. I mean, obviously a lot of people who kill, and I mean, it sounds like if he hadn't made as many mistakes as he did, he would have gone on to kill more people. I believe he would have turned into a serial killer because he at least had... Um, you know, he started out with burglaries and stuff like that. Um, you know, uh, let's see. So burglary and assault. So he, he kind of moved up from burglary to assault and then kidnapping. What's after kidnapping? 
I mean, unfortunately, murder. Right. I feel like if he hadn't bumbled it as bad as he did, which, unfortunately, you know, this poor little girl had to be a victim, but, you know, luckily he bumbled it so that he was caught and put away. But, you know, I mean, honestly, I feel like if he hadn't have, he would have become a serial killer. I mean, I guess... One one of the most tragic parts is you know when they searched the car she wasn't there, so and there at was that point no... it was already too late. Absolutely. So it's not like you know they could have like I, it them. doesn't even seem like he even had her that long before he did it, and the only reason he did it as soon as he did, if they're correct, is because he panicked, because oh shit I'm stuck in a ditch and if they catch me with this little girl, I'm getting arrested already, and I don't want to go back to jail. I mean, it just seems to me like, right? He he had to have done it quickly. Like, I mean, even if that's not why he panicked Absolutely. or whatever, and what's, you know, if she was not with him at that point, it was already unfortunately too late. And as far as the location of her grave goes, like with him being able to see it, well, one of the things that serial killers usually do is go back to the scene of the crime, or you know, have mementos and revisit. He was able to relive his crime with her every single goddamn day i mean to me that's one of the most terrifying facts about serial killers because you're being re-victimized and not even realizing it like you know what i mean like they are they're continuously victimizing you and you're no longer even there and it might not affect you anymore because you're unfortunately gone but it affects your family to know that they did that because some of them like um like, I mean, let's go back, let's go to Bundy. He would revisit his victims and violate them. You know, so, yeah, it was pretty bad. So, this asshole, because it doesn't get better. Oh, During his trial, he became a very public figure. Basically, the representative of, like, evil of his, you know, the evils of crime. Um, all over the news. He was featured, his face was featured in advertisements for at least three Republican candidates in California during the congressional race who sought to portray their opponents, <laughs> which I guess is the Democrats and or anyone else running, as soft on crime. When he was convicted of murder in May or June of 1996, he extended both of his middle fingers to a courtroom camera. I guess at that point, what else are they going to get you on? You're right. Um, so about four months later at his sentencing, he was sentenced to death. And pretty much when he was, when the judge read the sentence, he jumped up in the courtroom and accused Polly, Polly's father, Mark Class, of molesting her. Um, Class lunged at Davis, but was stopped by the police. And there is absolutely no evidence to support Davis's accusation. Because, and I mean, honestly, they found her body four months later, so they're the decomp. I'm not sure if they would have been able to tell if this asshole had molested her or had raped her or anything like that. But honestly, like, y- you're, you're trying to stir up more trouble by accusing her father of molesting her? Like, really? I mean, in some ways, I kind of agree with, like, sentence the person to death. But in other ways, I'm like, you know, that's kind of an easy way out. 
But it's part of that is for the victim's families. Like he can never do anything again. There's no escape. There's no parole. No nothing. Like that. It's over. But again, like I said, you know, at the same token, yeah, he gets to get out. So after you know after Polly's death, her father Mark lobbied to bring about California's three strikes law. Which is something I know you're familiar with. Very. Um, so this basically would give life terms to criminals with three felony convictions. However, it was not drafted very well because it mandated that even those convicted on nonviolent felonies could be sent to prison for life. Upon hearing about this aspect of the law, Polly's dad disassociated himself from the lobbying effort. But California voters overwhelmingly approved the ballot initiative anyway. They were like, we like that idea, let's do it. Um, so it kind of took off on its own. Uh, unfortunately, in many cases, since individuals charged with crimes such as bigamy or even stealing a slice of pizza have been faced, have faced life in prison under this law. Um... The class family have become very outspoken advocates in favor of revising the law so that it kind of evens out, you know, and isn't so broad. Um, but lawmakers are wary of being dubbed soft on crime and have shied away from dealing with the issue. Okay, but three felony convictions, fine. Three misdemeanor convictions, way different. Well, it is three. It's supposed to be three, you know, like... If they have, like, I guess if they have two felonies and then hit, get hit with a misdemeanor, I don't know. I don't know how it works exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying. Three felonies is way different than yeah. a felony and a misdemeanor or whatever, like. It, right. So, Mark Class has also become a very outspoken advocate of the death penalty. And he said of Polly's murder, the last thing Polly's, and this is a, I quote, I'm quoting here. The last thing Polly saw before she died was Richard Allen, Richard Allen Davis's eyes. The last thing that Richard Allen Davis will see is my eyes, I hope. Richard Allen Davis remains on death row at California's San Quentin Prison. Now, I know at one point, and I don't know when it was revised back, but I know it was a huge thing because I believe Manson was... Um, was supposed to he was in california and i believe he was supposed to get the death penalty if i'm not mistaken and at some point um people in california threw a temper tantrum and said that the death penalty was cruel and unusual and we don't like it so they pretty much got rid of it um i do know that some point after that they brought it back but they're still really not all that keen on uh you know. I mean, there are some states that are very, very quick to uh, flip the switch. Um, Texas is very much known for adios. And I mean, and I kind of agree with it. I mean, if you are no longer going to be an active contributing member of society, why should we pay for it? I mean, I get the appeals process. I, I understand, you know, false, because um, there's another case that kind of, this also, you know, like that, that comes to, comes to mind when I talk about that, but I don't, I don't, I, it's a very short one. Um, and we don't really have time to do that tonight, but, um, you know, I, I get I, false, being falsely accused, 
um, evidence being botched and stuff like that. So I get the appeals process, but I'm not talking about the appeals process. For me, it honestly comes down to you admitted it, you did it. It's definitively you. Why are we waiting? Because they're appealing it. Even if they're not, what I'm saying, you did not appeal. You were legit like uh, right. If they me, if I they, did it. If they do all that, then absolutely. But they have to wait until the statute of limitations for their appeals. Or whatever it is and bullshit. I don't understand why they do it that way, but they I guess they do to give them a chance to come to terms with their realization or some shit. I don't know. I, for me, though, you admitted to it. Everybody said that you did it. You said that you did it. Why do we gotta wait years? No. Mm-mm. Express. Express trade. Come on, speed it up. Right. I mean, get it over with. You're, you know, it, it, it is what it is at that point. You admitted it. You were convicted of it. You told exactly how you did it. All right. Adios. Ciao. Goodbye. Exactly. I mean, as as a woman, I think, like, you know, if something were to happen to me, I think in some ways it would be comforting. In other ways, it would almost be infuriating, though. I have kind of a mixed opinion because I kind of feel like that's a sucker way out. You don't have to live with your crimes. But for the same token, I don't have to live knowing that you're still breathing. So there is a a little bit of a mix there as far as my heart goes. Um, I think it would really come down to the family should say. Does he suffer for the rest of his life knowing? I mean, I, I I agree, but I disagree at the same time because anger and revenge are a huge thing. And I, I think, that. and that's why that it's why they don't let families like decide. It, it's it's trying to take away the eye for an eye mentality and all that, you know, and I mean, because extenuating circumstances, if you, if I killed, somebody broke into my house and I killed them out of self-defense, you know, at that point with that, with that logic, some people are going to attempt or assume that they should be allowed to then kill me because I killed their child for breaking into my house and attacking me. You know what I mean? I don't know, I get it. And it does go around and around and it's so. absolutely a frustrating situation. I guess, you know, it's... It's bullshit. (laughs) Taxpayers, honestly, I don't feel like should have to foot the bill for somebody to sit there, you know, three hots a cot and cable TV all day. They should literally have... I mean, they should literally have them in a situation where they are on a farm. They're tending to animals. They're farming vegetables that are going out. They're working literal jobs. And, no, they can't leave the walls of the prison. This stuff is within the walls of the prisons. But at that point, you're making you're making wages. You're paying taxes. So your taxes are going into paying for your own housing. I, I could agree with something like that. I just, for me, as a taxpayer, I don't like the idea of me paying for you to sit around on your butt all day and watch cable TV. Well, I mean, it's not that simple, but I get where you're coming from. It just, it, it, it seems absolutely ridiculous that... I know. That's what we do. <clears throat> I know. So, now, one good, th- one, one, one other good thing that did come out of this case was um, the All Points Bulletin that had been brought, that, that had been broadcast about her kidnapping, which had only been broadcast over one channel. Um, so, not everybody heard it. Um... It was broadcasted on the, the CHP channel, which is the California Highway Patrol, which only CHP radios could receive. Um, so they changed the practice after this case 
The radio system was also upgraded, and such bulletins are now broadcast on all police channels through a centralized 911 dispatch system. Um, so basically, they made it so that everybody in, within a certain amount of counties, which is like probably all of them, hopefully, across the whole state, were able to get the broadcast. I mean, because, I mean, you even you know, the first 24 hours in a kidnapping case are the most crucial. Absolutely. And I would even say it's less than the first 24 hours. I would say that it is, it is like, probably the first half hour, at least, is the most crucial. Because a lot can change in a half an hour, and you can, to be honest, you can get pretty far in a half an hour. I've seen you get from here to your aunt's house which depending on which way you go i mean from here to your aunt's house is about 15 minutes i've seen you make it there in five so i mean to be and and do it safely so to be honest like it, you can you know 30 minutes away you can get 30 minutes away in about 15 minutes if you're if you're in the right driving conditions and honestly, if they didn't see what vehicle you were in, they really can't be like, oh, I'm looking for this vehicle. And if they, even if you were seen, like, you could have switched vehicles in between. That's true. I guess, you know, I, I think it comes down to the type of kidnapping. Is If it's, you know, a true predator versus a custodial dispute, you know, you're going to have way different things going on potentially um definitely but if you literally are going into a blind having no idea who what how when where it's so difficult to get a foothold on a situation when i mean you might not have any information to go on aside from i don't know and to be honest if you know the if the person who kidnapped you know your child knows the area well enough you can't cover all or all all roads no you really can't and i mean what what you would think would be the obvious routes to get somewhere someone else might choose a different route i mean and if you have like i mean i something like my mom's car or even like your car you have something that is a color that like everybody has and it's a similar shape to a lot of the other ones that are out there and you just kind of blend in with traffic especially during rush hour like it's gonna be a lot harder to notice you know and i'm sorry but a lot of drivers are not paying attention to what's around them and you Expecting, I mean, you know, the thing is, you know, what what if I did commit the crime, but I started out in your car and I said, hey, listen, I, I've got two flats. Let me borrow your car for the afternoon. You wouldn't think anything of throwing me the car keys. I mean, we've been friends for how long? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you asked, hey, can I borrow your street? Go right ahead, girl. I don't care. Right. I mean, I wouldn't think I... anything of it, but who's to say I wouldn't pull yours off and switch out for mine and now the bulletin is completely useless. Right. And now they're looking for my car, and it traces back to me, and now I'm being investigated. And then I'm like, well, no, I let 
Amber borrowed my car on that day because she said hers had two flats. So by the time they figure all that out and they get to me and start talking to me, you're fucking gone. And even at that point, I have two vehicles registered <laughs> under my name. I've got two different SUVs. Right. So they're not sure so, which one they're actually looking for. And by that point, I could change it out again for another vehicle. Right. The other thing is, I you know me, I know back roads. I don't drive main roads, which is a bad habit of mine. But I get really frustrated in heavy traffic. Oh, yeah, well. So I'm a back road, like, 60 around the turns. Like, I, I am, I'm a race car. But She literally told a cop that once. Yeah, but he, he did not find it amusing. <laughs> Officer Fine. Yeah, he was too. Oof. <laughs> if he hears this, you knew. You knew. <laughs> you always know. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> he pulled me over and literally went, what do you think you're doing? And the only words I had is, I use race car. He's like, you failed. I was like, I what? He was like, forming a sentence, coming up with a bad excuse, life. I was like, ooh. Oh, yeah, it was not pretty. But I was going well, well over the speed limit. I'm sorry, but I disagree with him on that one. I mean, forming the sentence, maybe. But honestly, that was not a failure at life. That was the best answer ever. Honestly, it was definitely not what he expected. I mean, he came up like he was mad at me. And obviously, he knew who I was before he got up to my window because he had to ran everything. So, yeah, I... (laughs) <laughs> he knew who I was before I knew who he was, so I did not have time to think of anything else to say. Okay, well, if he magically hears us, you're getting a phone call. <laughs> oh, I know I am. Tell him I said hi. <laughs> but you know what, though? He's married now, whatever. Like, it's not surprising to his wife. She knows he mar- she married a cutie, so I don't really care. Whatever. Uh, but no, but, I mean, it is what it is. Like, you know, I drive back roads. I'm more comfortable on back roads. I know my yeah. routes. But if I'm from an area, like, I'm more likely to take back roads while somebody else might take the major highways. I know at least three different ways to get from my house to work. Uh I know at least three-ish different ways to get from my house to yours. Maybe more. Probably more. Probably more. It depends on where you're coming from. Right. Which way you come into a town. I mean... I I used to live over by you where you are for a very long time. I grew up there, you know, like I grew up here. So, you know, it's not hard to, if you know the area, figure out, like, the best ways to go. I think it's also important to know that, you know, in our area, we straddle a state line. And to clear the state versus to go north or south into one of the cities or go straight country um it's i definitely options i would definitely make sure that i didn't go over the toll bridge that's for sure (laughs) either one of them yeah but like in our area though we are very close to quite a few different things absolutely so getting out of our area if you know the region it, it really vastly increases your search area significantly but not everybody knows the area like I do. Um, I. I mean, there's parts of the area that you don't know about that I have to tell you about because you just don't go over in that direction. Nope. But for the same token, you show me once and I'm normally pretty good. So it's, you know, it's a matter of like, but then again, I go over to where you grew up and look around and go, 
You driving because I lost. I don't know where the hell I am. <laughs> I mean, I know the general area. I know the town estate, but girl, what is that? Oh, that's a crackhead. Oh, okay. Those are fascinating. Okay, don't touch the crackhead. Got it. Got it. We get back in the car now. I like the animals better. <laughs> but where other areas I drive through, I can very quickly go from crackhead area to like... Like real quick, and she's like, "Are we? What state are we in? Where are we?" I'm like, "Yeah, we're still in the same state." She's like, "Are those cows? Can we stop? Can we play with the cows? I want to play with cows." She's like, "How? How? We've been." I'm like, "I, I know where we're at. Like, we're fine." But I'm so used to back roads, and I committing a crime. Like, you know, there's so many different. There's so many ways to go. Yeah. So he had to know. He had to know the area well enough to get away from. And to put it in a place where he could kind of observe it and everything else, like, there has to be. Right. He knew that spot was visible. Plus, I mean, he had to plan it out, you figure, just based on the fact that he knew that there was a girl of that age group there. Right. Because he didn't take anything else. No, it shows you he went in there for her. Right. But... Uh, and, and we could go on forever and ever with this conversation. Um, this, is, this is basically what it's like talking to us. We could go on forever. But we gotta end this because we're a lot, we're, we're about 13, 14 minutes over an hour. And yeah. it only lets us post up to, so it, it cuts us off at a certain point and we don't have to re-record. So we're gonna lock up the gates. Um, we're gonna come up with something else. Uh, and Amber's gonna find something that she's gonna research like eight pages worth of research on to talk about at some point. Absolutely, and we will be getting back to the other story that we promised you um, and let you know what's going on with her and her child. Um, but that is not for tonight, so... Yeah, we need some permissions. We need to conversate a little bit more and whatnot and approach it very delicately, very respectfully. Absolutely. I mean, it is still an evolving situation, but we are given permission to speak about it with certain parameters. Yes. Absolutely. So, all right, you guys, we're locking up the gates tonight. All right. Take care and stay safe. We'll see you next week. All right, bye. bye.